You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Yo, it is another episode it of is. High Hopes. It is Jack Fritz. That is right. I am James Seltzer. Clearly with me today. The one and only Mr. Jack Fritz. Fritzy, what's up, buddy? Aaron Altair is back, 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 back. He hasn't hit a, he's hit, he's smoked balls for the last, like, four games. He hit a monster 419-foot clutch home run. He has more RBIs than hits. It's crazy. Yeah, that's 10 hits and like 15 RBIs. That it's was wild. a a monster home run against the D-backs. Just a a a big spot bottom of the 6th inning. They had just gone from basically leading all game. They score first, tie it up at 1-1, take the lead back 2-1, fall down 3-2 and and after Hoskins strikes out too with runners at first and second, you got Rees up, you're feeling good, he strikes out and then Aaron Altair comes up and that's all we needed. Altair just a bomb to deep center field. Also, not forgetting the big game winning hit in the 11th against the Pirates a few games back as well. Aaron, Alta- Aaron Altair is heating up a little bit, Jack. And this is like Jack's Jack's guy here. It's Listen, very exciting. If you, if you need one hit to win a ball game right now, Aaron Altair, <laughs> Aaron Altair or Reese Hoskins. Answer me that question. Yeah, uh, Reese is the correct answer. But right now, Aaron Altair bringing no, I'm it. Just, I'm just happy he looks confident because I think, I think the upside of this team uh, for this team to reach their, their full upside is with Aaron Altair in right field. Nick Williams, I just don't like Nick Williams. I don't think he's a good player. I don't think he's a good defensive player. I think his swing is garbage. I think Altair with Abdubal in center and, and, and Hoskins in left makes this, this team more formidable. And, uh, yeah, he's just he, he's having some good swings recently. His OBP is, is hovering around 300, hitting a lot of balls hard. He hit another ball hard today that was right the right fielder. I know a lot of people couldn't watch it because it was on Facebook Live, but – uh, it was smacked hard. I, I promise you, I'm not lying. Yeah, hit it right at Gerard Dyson. Sadly, that might have been the issue with it. But look, it's been it's been um, heartening to see the way Altair has played, and the Aaron Altair meter, as Jack Fritz liked to say, is certainly on the rise right yeah, now. Yeah, we're getting over fifty percent. It's exciting. Like it, it's exciting. I, I think of it in a three pronged attack. Like he's on the left, full left side. It's 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 dead. The the, the Altair meter is dead. The middle is like he's heating up. And the all right, all the way right side is he's Jason Worth. So <laughs> we're right on the the right side is Jason Worth. We're right in the middle of he's heating up and he's Jason Worth. We're right in that that middle prong. I like it. Well, look, if nothing else, it's important because as much as it's 
the offense has been really impressive with the approach that they've taken. I know people are freaking out about all the strikeouts. Oh, my God, the strikeouts. Kill me, dude. But uh, I think Gabe Kapler made a really good point when he was on with Angelo on Wednesday this week saying that, you know, he understands that they need to put balls in play more, but he doesn't want it at the expense of working counts, of grinding these pitchers, of getting deep into the bullpen, all that type of stuff. He he put it really well. He said they need to make better contact late in counts, which I thought was a really good way to put it. Yeah, and here's the thing about the strikeouts, and, and all the old heads are like, oh, my God, they're striking out all the time. And, like, listen, man, we're in a month of baseball where there's been more strikeouts than hits. It's it's the product. Yes, it's the for pro- the first time in a long time. Right. It's kind of the product of the game, and the way the Phillies are approaching it. Might it, be ever. I don't know if it's ever happened before. I think it might be the first time it's ever happened. Yeah, or else it's been a really, really long time. And here's the thing: is that it's just the it's just the it's how it how the game's played now, and the Phillies have have brought this approach of we will take the strikeout if it means that we're working the pitcher and going late into counts and and, and getting the starter out of the game earlier. Yep. So like it's it's. It's how they've chosen to play. They're, they're going right along with their plan. It's not like they're deviating from their plan. And the strikeouts, late in games, sure, they can be, they're going to be frustrating. But they're also hitting more homers. Hopefully the, their launch angle is way up. Their fly ball rate is way up. It's just a product of their system. That's what it is. Yeah, and, I mean, look, the Astros struck out a ton last year. It didn't work out too poorly for them. You know, no, you've okay. seen a lot of good teams do this this approach. And I, I think, look, like you just said there, I think later in games, you know, it's about being smart, right? It's about being smart as a hitter and knowing the situation where a strikeout kills you or a situation where, all right, maybe you should choke up a little bit here and really focus on putting the ball in play. It's situational awareness. But to your point about Altair and the strikeouts and all that, it's they need someone to step up a little bit. They've been winning games. The offense has been grinding. But you've really got only three guys who have been contributing from an yep. offensive perspective. Yep. One, the most underrated player in this city, a notable Herrera. All the dude does is get on base every freaking game, and everyone's like, oh, I hate that guy. 25 Not straight. And he's playing gold glove defense. I feel like every game the dude makes a play where you're like, wow, that was, that was an awesome play. So you got him, Cesar. I mean, I've, uh, uh, again. Who's more underrated, Cesar or Adubo? Nobody. Oh, ah, it's a great question. They're both incredibly underrated. I think Odible is more underrated in this city. I think Cesar is more underrated nationally. I think people nationally give Odible the credit that he deserves, or at least more so of it. But I think in this city... We underrate Odebo. I think nationally people don't realize how good a hitter Cesar Hernandez has become. As, as look who's walking into the studio right now. Finally! Honestly, he's pulling a Kirk Gibson right now. Yes! He can barely walk. He can barely get to the mic. It's crazy. Yeah, my back's done. What's Johnny up? Marks! What's Johnny up? Marks! I, sneez- I sneezed this morning, and I, I didn't think I was going to be able to work. <laughs> it's like a bad movie where it's like the sneeze, and they're just like, can't move. I felt it coming, and I was like, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. And I did it, and I didn't think I was going to make it in afterwards. But I'm here. John's, I'm here. John's Kirk Gibson podcast yes. right now. Stumbling up to the mic. I may become addicted to opioids and uh, muscle relaxers, but if that's what it takes to get me on the air, it's what it takes to get me Look on the air. Look at that. That's dedication Jim, right Jim there. Jim Rockmeyer. <laughs> if you need someone to drive you to rehab, I got you covered, man. All right. Good. We're good. good. I'll be all right. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's get your thoughts here. We're talking a little bit. Obviously, Jack Fritz couldn't do anything but open the podcast by fawning over Aaron Altair. But the offense, we've had the, the whole strikeout thing. It's been it's been a thing, you know. And and I think that you know Kapler's addressed it. This offense wants to work counts. They want to go deep in accounts. Sometimes strikeouts are a byproduct of that. Where do you come down on this? 
Uh, Major League Baseball today is about hitting home runs and launch angles, and you're going to see more strikeouts than probably ever before. I don't know if I agree with it, um, but guys aren't going to stop trying to hit home runs because on-base percentage is important to certain guys. But, yeah, I mean, you're – Jorge Alfaro's strikeout rate is like 46% or something roof, like that. Man. So you look at him, he's a young player who's really scuffling right now. But if you're just talking about an average player, uh, I think he's going to strike out more than probably ever before. And yeah. that's just a, a byproduct of uh, – so, someone was talking about this down when we were in spring training uh, that, that, that was in the Phillies organization and was more or less complaining about the new school way of launch angles. Not swing – I was always taught – Fritz, I don't know about you. You're, you seem like swing you're a, a down home run on the hitter. Ball. Swing down on the ball. Yep. Uh-huh. You're not swinging down on the ball anymore. It's cha- it's changed the game. Big it's time, it's man. changed the way that they yeah. do things. So it really is. That's the way I was taught too. When I was growing up, swing down the ball. You want to make hard contact, line drives, all that type of stuff. It's really changed. And 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 it, but I will say, and I am I am very deficient in really following up on all this data. There's so much data now. It's so hard to keep up with everything. But it does seem like launch angle and exit velocity, when you put those two together and look at the data, it's pretty predictive. Like, there is something to this, I believe, but I'm not uh, educated enough on it to really be an expert on it. But you're right, it's where it's going. Uh, We were just talking about the need for Altair to step up because really, you know, this offense has been carried by three guys so far. They've been grinding. They've had a a good approach as a team. But Odable, Cesar, Reese Hoskins, outside of that, really – really struggling across the board. What's your take on the lineup as a whole? Aaron Altair kind of busting out a little bit, but you know who have you been kind of disappointed with right now? Who do you need to see more from? Well, Kingery had the golden sombrero yep. a couple nights ago. His he, strikeout rate's approaching Alfaro. Yeah, well, you, if, if you followed him closely in the minors, he's not a big on-base percentage or a walk guy. He's a hacker. Yeah, he is. He's a hacker. He's going up there to uh, to, to to get a hit. Um. You know, Santana. Obviously, if you just look at the the the, the straight numbers, this that it's a little bit disappointing. Kingery, I thought maybe would be, have more impact at the plate, and it, it's it's still so early that you're not going to start to get crazy about it or anything like that. But uh, you know, other than that, there's not really a lot of people hitting. Like you said, there's there's no one that's coming in and giving you a spark. Whether it's uh, whether it's Alfaro, whether it's anybody else, and I think I was expecting a little bit more from the JPs and the Scotts and the Alfaros, and they've more or less given you close to nothing. Yeah, and I look again, youth, young guys, first, some of the real first experience in Major League Baseball. Obviously, for Kingery, other guys, Crawford played in September. This is a real first experience with this, so I understand it from that perspective, but. You know, I think you make a great point. I mean, guys are going to have to start stepping up here. I, what is interesting is the o- overall they have struggled, but we have seen some guys step up in big spots. You know, they have get, been getting big hits. I mean, pretty much everyone down the roster. J.P. Crawford's even had big hits. Nick Williams has had big hits. Kingery's obviously had big hits. So that's important as well. Fritz, I got to come to you about your guy. You were spouting off for the first two weeks of the season. I was like, get, you know, give it some time. I'm not ready. Michael Franco, buddy. He is. He is. He is good. <laughs> no, he's fine. Like he. He's. He's literally made really good swings. For some reason, they keep playing Kingery over him, which I get frustrated by. Because right now, Michael Franco is a better player than Scott Kingery. Better I hitter, agree. I would agree with for like, sure. They, like Franco, he, even though the balls aren't getting down, 
He's, not much, but he's a better hitter right now. Right at this exact moment, yes. I'd rather have Franco in the lineup than Scott Kingery. I think Kingery's going to be better long term, obviously. He's definitely going to be. But Franco, it. it's not like he's a total liability. liability he's got to a 291 right OBP for no, what it's worth. Yeah, I know. The, the walks are still not there. But listen, he's making solid contact. They've been right at guys. He hasn't. He's not hitting the home runs. Michael like, Franco like, is going to be in the independent league, and Fritz is going to be defending him and being like, he can still do it, I believe. The Long Island Ducks? Yeah. If, he, if he's third lucky, baseman, I think that the St. Paul, whatever their their team is, I'm it, just saying it's he, it could be worse, is what I'm saying. It looks with Franco, like, yes, it could be worse. Worse than he really is. Probably. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. But we do need to see more from him. Yeah. Uh, uh, JP Crawford, John, what has been your take? We've seen you know early struggles, then a, a few games in there where it looked like he had it back, and now back to some struggles, and and also some defensive issues uh, recently. I'm not too Definitely. worried, but really looks like like kind of head stuff more than anything. Where do you come down on, on Crawford right now? Uh, 23 years old, first taste of the majors. Well, obviously last year had the end of the season look pretty good. But um, yeah, it's maybe struggling a little bit more than I than I thought. I wasn't expecting him to come out and hit 350. You're right; he had that stretch where he was he was really hitting the ball hard, and now he's kind of got back into the weak ground balls. Mm-hmm. And yeah, listen, he's learning. He's 23 years old. I, I'm not gonna. Jimmy Rollins had such a big impact his rookie year coming up, and it really ignited the team. Kingery and Crawford aren't doing that yet. We'll see what happens, but I think this is just one of these things where you're going to have to take him for what he is, which is you hope he developed into a solid all-star type player. He may or may not be that player. Yeah, a great point, too, with the age. I mean, they're both really young and have never played in the major leagues for any sort of extended period of time. Well, guys have really adjusted how they pitched to Crawford, too, recently. I mean, when he was on that stretch, it was a lot of down and in for some reason. Like, for some reason, pitchers kept missing down and in, and that's the only time he can ever drive a ball. Mm -hmm. No, you're right. It's in the wheelhouse. Now, I think for the last two weeks, they've been pitching him up and away, and they've been pretty much living up there, and he can't make any really hard contact. So they're adjusting to him. He's got to adjust back after that nice low streak. He did smoke a ball up the middle, I think, last night, uh, which was nice to see. That was his first like hard contact in what felt like a week. Uh, but pitchers are adjusting to him. Now it's time for him to adjust back. Yeah, I feel the same way. And Kingery, too. Like, same thing's going to happen with Kingery. These guys, again, they're really young. It's their first experience in the majors. That's what happens. Pitchers adjust. We saw with Reese Hoskins last year when he came up, you know, had the the otherworldly streak, and then pitchers adjust, and it's it's a game of adjustments. It's a game of back and forth. It is. Like and that. Kingery's pressing. I mean, if you're watching him, back, he is. he's swinging at balls and like, that, that, that are worm yeah. runners. Yep. He's, he's trying to do too much, and Hoskins is, in the minors at least, he's a notorious streaky hitter that will always give you the walks and the approach at the plate to where you can deal with when he goes over 15 but um we, we let's face it we don't really know jp crawford all that well let's let's see what he turns into the great thing is they're 15 and what's well, going to be 15 and 9 after yeah, this today. game's over today <laughs> we're recording right now in the middle of the uh 6 to nothing right now done eight, game, yes. 8 to nothing actually oh, now good. even better heading into the f- bottom of the fourth yeah. 8 to nothing diamondbacks the the starting pitching has really has really carried this team and the bullpen's been good too and the hitting's not there i would expect as we get into june and uh, maybe halfway through May, once the hitting takes over, then it's whether or not Arietta's been everything and then some to what we wanted. Nola's been tremendous. Pavetta's been great. Yes. Can he continue? And can they set? Because let me tell you something. 
I'd rather have a guy that that pitches five innings and gives up three runs than have a Ben Lively that's going to going to come out and give up seven runs in an outing. So yeah, I think we can all agree Ben Lively is a a sixth starter posing as he, a fifth he's, starter. He's done, he's done all right so he's far this year. I'm going to come to Jack in a sec so he can fawn over Nick Pavetta. But real quick, just as we round out the, the offensive side of things. You mentioned pressing. I think we're definitely seeing pressing from Carlos Santana as well. The numbers, the underlying numbers have still been pretty good. You know, the walks to strikeouts is great. The line drive percentage is still solid. I think got a couple of hits last night, maybe starting to break out of a little bit, but it seems to me like he is pressing. He is. You know, get big money comes in, new place, all that type of stuff. Just I, I, I beg people to give him some time. He'll figure it out. The consistency over his career has just been, you know. So last night up. we do the – for every before every home game, every night home game that's not a Friday because we're at Chickies and Pete's on the Marks and Reese show, we we do it from the ballpark in the Novacare broadcast booth. Last night, I noticed that Matt Clentak was standing outside of the broadcast booth, uh, down in the concourse. This is early, like well, four he's a big o'clock. Fan of the show, he certainly, yeah, he he yeah. he came in and goes, I Clearly. love love Deer Ike, love what you guys do. <laughs> It's a big but Ike Juice Hotline fan. Little exactly. Little Birdie told me that he was waiting for Carlos Santana's agent down there, and they were having a little conversation. Hmm, a little tete-a-tete. So he probably in town for for what, whatever business. I know Santana had some kind of uh, an event at the park or something was going on. So you know, just probably. A, listen, if I'm if I'm Carlos Santana's agent, I'm stopping by and having a little talk with the GM and kind of agreeing on. Hey, we know he's struggling right now. What can we do to cut? What can we do to yeah. get him out of it? He's Working gonna, together. He's going to be fine. Totally agree. He's going to be fine. Just every year, three sixty plus on base percentage. Every year of his career, it's just as as consistent as it gets. He's also had about four wind blown home runs slash cold weather yep. home runs. Like the one last night, he's gotten unlocked inches from going. And well, the, uh, go ahead. I, well, honestly, if if by the end of the season he's hitting two sixty with twenty five home runs, isn't that that's exactly what you want? A three sixty on base percentage. That's that's what you expect isn't that what you from want? the guy. Yes, and on top of that too, which we haven't talked about a lot. The man has been playing gold glove defense. He has been one bad play last ste- night. Right, yes. but for the most part, stellar out there defensively. Really made some nice plays and has been an upgrade of what, over what Hoskins would have been there. Yeah, but how, you know, with all the people like, how are you going to well, move Hoskins going. to yeah, left exactly. field? Oh, You're no! going to screw him at the plate. Yeah, he's been all right. He's been okay. He's got he's a 479 OBP or whatever. I think it's working out. All right, to the pitching side of things has certainly been the. Uh, just the surprise of the season so far, and and you know we hope at least some of it can continue. You can't count on it, but uh, you know Nola has been everything we expected. Top 15, 20 pitcher in the sport right now. Jake Arrieta again, three and zero has looked great. Obviously, we got a peak one, Arrieta a couple starts ago, and still looked really good. Three ERA. He's looked great. He's looked great. Ninety four. Nick Pavetta. Nick freaking Pavetta. If this guy, so Jack, I'll come to you, our our pitching guru over here, Mister sure. Fritz, who has been. Talking about Nick Pavetta to me for the last year and a half, just nonstop, essentially. Is this real? Is this something? Because the the argument against is he's played some bad offenses, some really bad offenses in some cases. How real is Nick Pavetta in your mind? I think it's. Mo- I don't think it's going to keep up for the one point seven six. He's not going to win the Cy Young. You're saying? Yeah. Oh, damn, John. He's John's Jeez. in a one point seven six FIP. What's that mean to you? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> It's a good thing. Is that is that like war? Fielding independent it's, pitching. It's a better predictor than ERA, basically. It's like it's it like, basically is if you took according it, to what nerd? Yes, no, I'm just to saying, all the nerds. The, it's basically the concept is if you took the fielders away and didn't allow defense or whatever to contribute, what, what, what type the, of pitcher would he be? It's kind of like when he, when a guy has a three ERA and you know he's not really that good. 
Like the, his FIP. Omar Dahl. Yeah. yeah. However many years ago with the I don't fills. think people say FIP. They call it FIP. I call it FIP. I know you do, but you know. Let's go Let's go with the proper term, FIP. It's FIP. FIP. Okay, I mean, technically good. it is FIP, but people, everyone calls it FIP. It's like BABIP. You know, people don't say batting average on balls in play. They just say BABIP. Yeah, I always struggle with that because I started going B-A-B-I-P and it sounds stupid. Why would you do that? Yeah, I don't know. Listen, it's a, it's, <laughs> it's a like war. Do you say W-A? What's the man's war. W-A-R? <laughs> it's war. Well, it's easy to say. War. What is so it good for? FIP. War. <laughs> How hard is that? Huh. What is it good for? But to your point, it's it's not smoke and mirrors what he's doing this year so far. He has been impressive. He's not just trying to strike guys out, although his, his strikeout numbers have been good. He's learning. This is what yeah. you want out of a young pitcher. He's learning year to year. It seems like a, a lot of it's mental with Pavetta. And just from being down at the park and talking to a lot of people who kind of roll their eyes because he thinks that he really is the total package, yep. well, now it's time to back it up. He's got the stuff. He's doing it so far this year. If he could be the third starter, you don't need him to have a 1.87 ERA. You need to have him a three a three and a half ERA. Yes. If he does it, this, te- this team I'll take. Come this, on. This team is a wild card, not contender, a, a wild, wild card, card team. team. I agree. Yeah, and I think if he wants to take the next level, he should start going by his middle name. John Carlo, like John Carlo Pavetta, is badass compared to Nick. <laughs> that is badass. I think if he, wants, if he wants to take the next level, that is pretty cool. That is what that is. That's what yeah. he needs. It's uh, like a, but, but on then the, I can call him Mike Stanton. Yeah. I, like I still call Mike Stanton Mike Stanton instead of Giancarlo. Um, I'll call him but but Nick on, Pavetta. On, on the real, his his last outing, he unleashed an eighty-five mile an hour changeup that was just like it was right. It started right on the middle of the plate and just dropped off the table. If he can add that to his already just disgusting curveball his fastball it's hard to pick up on he's he's working in a slider that just gives him something else for the pitcher for the batters to look at so it's not completely straight uh it's coming in at like 88 which is fine it's good it's basically a mix between a slider and a cutter that change up is just a game breaker like that it, that could unleash another level of nick I, lo- I love when jack nerds out over pitches it looked good the other day it really did hey here's the thing and I agree with both of you. Look, Pavetta has the stuff. He has the actual talent to be that guy. It's a head thing. That's why I think this start has been so important for him. Even if he is facing terrible offenses, he's building that confidence. It doesn't matter who he's facing. He's going out and he's getting hitters out. And he's building up that that experience of successful major league outings. And for a guy like that who has the stuff and just needs to trust it, I feel like that's so crucial. Speaking of a guy who has the stuff but never trusts it, <laughs> Vincent Velasquez, we had a couple good starts in there. I'm only giving him two because I don't count that 20-1 to one start because I feel like if they didn't put up a, a five spot yeah, in the first, then— Yeah, they stopped trying. Yeah, he, he, exactly. And he, that was it. He had a rough first inning, and then he was fine. But he had two good starts after that against bad, two bad offenses. Looked like the old Vince Velasquez in his last outing. I lean towards that being the Vinny Velasquez. We're going to see where do you guys come in. Well, uh— his last start, if you look at it, just the box score, it seems like it's the old Vince Velasquez. He made a couple mistakes. It was one inning. He had he, one. He, he the the one inning killed him, and it was the walks, and it was the old Vinny for it, one. It inning. was he self destructs. Yep. He does if he can figure out how. Because for he, he looked good. It just seems like in every start, if you just look at the box score, you're like he sucks. But if you look <laughs> within the game and you watch the game, I think it's fixable. Do I know that it's fixable? Absolutely not. But do it, it, could it be fixable if they can get the right, the right pitching coach to get to him? If they can get, if Gabe Kapler can get to him, Kurt Schilling needed Johnny Padres when he was traded to Philadelphia yep. to teach him a split finger fastball, and it changed his career. Mm-hmm. He went from being a guy with a lot of talent that was a knucklehead to being a knucklehead that was also a winning pitcher in uh, in Major League Baseball. So if they can get to him, I, am I counting on it? Am I looking at 
oh, you don't need to make a trade at the trade deadline. No, I'm looking at Cole Hamels and being like, all right, I can't wait till June so we can talk about this every week. But, yeah, I mean, he's he's actually been better than I thought he was going to be because at, at least he's been healthy me so too. far. And even just those couple outings where, you know, he goes over six innings and one run and, like, not walking guys all the time. I think he had one walk in each outing. That's that, – but, you know, but but I've seen too much of it. But you but, make a great point. I mean, we've seen it so many times in this league. Back in the Dave Duncan days, you know, guys like Don Cooper, Ray Searage. There are guys who can, as pitching coaches, really turn careers around. And we've seen that happen. And Velasquez is like the perfect example of that type of guy who has the stuff. He just needs to trust it. Dave Rick, Duncan, Rick Kranitz. <laughs> basically the same guy yeah. no but like the, there's a stark difference between what Pavetta's done and what Velasquez has done and it's when things start hitting the fan for Pavetta he can actually uh, bounce back throw strikes and get out of an inning like he's just their OPS plus against him is just way down whereas whereas Velasquez starts walking a couple guys and it's just like well this is it, done it's over yeah, yeah you, you see it coming and you know it and it's more or less just like well, how do you prevent it there may be a light that goes off in his head at some point, and he figures it out. We, we've seen that with, in, in all sports. You just have that moment, that year, where everything starts to make sense. Here, here's the thing. For all the people out there that want him to go to the bullpen, he's a bullpen pitcher, he's a bullpen pitcher, you may be right, you might be right, but the Phillies aren't just going to pull the plug because he's having struggles. A starting pitcher is so much more valuable. So unless he really, really self-destruction is ter- terrible – He's going to go out there every five days. He's, he, yeah, he's way more valuable as a starter today. Right. There's no question. And, and credence to the the bullpen folks. His fastball the other night to start that game was like 97 with run. So like just thinking about that out of the bullpen would be super intriguing. Well, I look. I think if it doesn't work as a starter, and like you said, John, and we we're seeing it, they're going to give him every possible opportunity they can to be a starting pitcher in this league. If ultimately they come to that decision, I think he's a lot to work in the bullpen. Like he can pitch out of the bullpen. His stuff will play. Uh, it's just they're going to do everything they can to, to see yeah. if he can survive as a starter. Yeah, you just like, all right, here you go. You have one inning, go out there and get three guys out. It's a lot easier than the second time through the lineup, the third time through yeah. the lineup. Yeah. And that's where you see, like like Jack said, you can see the moment that it's that it's done, that he's done. All right. You speaking, can literally see it. Yeah, you can see it. And speaking of the bullpen, I, I mean – you know, I think we can all agree we've been very, very happy with the performance so far of the pen. I think the one question mark right now, the guy at the end, and I know he's got five saves. He's getting the job done for the most part <laughs> since opening day at least. But, man, Hector Neris scares the crap out of me every time he's in there. Every and and time. last night was a perfect example. You know, he gets two easy outs, and then all of a sudden, runners on first and second, and a ball's being hit to the warning track. So, uh, I John, first to you, like, where do you stand on the Neris thing? Let's put it this way. In easiest terms, is Hector Neris the closer at the end of the season? Um, Man, if he's not, I, I, is it Arano? Is it uh, Ramos? I, for the, he, last year he was really streaky, and he does, not, he does not have command or confidence in his fastball this year. He's throwing a ton of splits. They're up in the zone. I I'll just I'll say yes he is just because I don't know I think he'll just be good enough to keep his job but but here's the thing don't you feel like he's on a short leash yeah with uh with Gabe Kapler don't you feel like that all he needs is one stretch and you'll see guys coming in for save opportunities he won't even think twice about it I think that's that's what you have to do uh he will not be the closer at the end, at the end of the year because 
Sir Anthony Dominguez will be the closer. Oh, at the end of the year. Wait, is, this is, is, that, is that why the fedora was it? Yeah, was it Reading the other Fr- day? Fr- Fritz has already changed his take from our last podcast, which was like three days ago. Zach Britton was going to be his answer. Now he's he's already off that. No, I'm not completely off of that, but I I, I don't know. Either it's going to be Britton or Sir Anthony Dominguez because Sir Anthony Dominguez up to twelve point four six Ks per nine. And that's exactly what I want on my closer. I cannot stand watching Hector Neres operate in the ninth inning. It just gives me a heart attack every yeah, single time. It's really uncomfortable. Plus, I still, I don't, I, it's wrong, but I will always have flashbacks to that Dodgers game in the back to back to back home. Like, been, that, for some, I, can, I see it every same. time he takes the mound. I see it every time. I can't help it. And, and for 99% of the people out there listening that say, who the bleep is Sarah Anthony <laughs> uh, Dominguez? He is a an arm in Reading. Johnny Miners. That, that was a starter. For his his career, he's a, he's a, he's from the Dominican, and they moved him to the bullpen this year in yep. Reading, and the results have been outstanding. Gabe Kapler went on Monday, their mm-hmm. day off, and and sat by a home plate. He did. He had his fedora on. He had a steakhouse. <laughs> oh, you know, Reading's known for their steakhouses, and um, and yeah. So believe me, they're looking at arms right now in the minors for this year which they should be for this year they should be sir by the way great fastball no better name for a closer than sir anthony are you kidding me that guy comes in you're like yup that dude's a closer right there Uh, sir anthony the best name ever it's a great automatically comes the best closer in philly's history yeah i think he already is without even being (laughs) well who is the best closer in philly's history sadly it's jonathan papelbon (laughs) in terms of the numbers but I mean, Brad Lidge. I, I would say Brad Lidge. Yeah, but just for that Pap. one year. But it's Pap, and Pap has the most saves. Uh, if it's not Pap, it's Joe freaking Dable. Joe, Jose Mesa. It's rough, man. It's nice. rough. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know which makes me more angry, the fact that, that Papelbon's our all-time saves leader or that David Bell has our last cycle. I think I'm more mad about Papelbon. David, David Bell. Oh, wow. We're both off at the time. I hate him. I hate Dave Bell, too. But, like, here's the thing. Who cares about a cycle? A cycle is such a meaningless, stupid yeah, need, thing. It is so stupid. But, but here's why. But here's Not why that a Pap- save isn't stupid either. With, with Papelbon, he, he he took it away from Jose Mesa. So it's so like, it's like kinda, yeah, it's like you can't get too upset. He didn't, he didn't take Mike Schmidt's record fair. Away from him. It's a good point. It's not like Tug McGraw was sitting there with the record. It's like, no. Uh, all right. Uh, real quickly, because you guys met, you just mentioned Kapler. You know, we went through the whole thing, and people are finally not saying fire Kapler anymore. At least, ironically, people say it now. But what what has been your—we are a month—Sunday is one month since the season started. Opening day was March 29th. This Sunday is one month. Jack, I'll start with you. One month into the season, what, what is your what is your feel on Gabe Kapler? I actually—I think, you know, X's and O's wise, it changes every night because they're all using the analytics— and, you know, my, my main philosophy on them is that water finds its level. Sometimes they're going to – most of the time they're going to work out. Sometimes they won't. We'll all emphasize the times that they don't. That's just how, that's how we, we react to baseball Absolutely. here in Philadelphia. But I've been more impressed by the, the culture he's instilled. They've come back late in games. They've won close games. They never seem, seem to give up, although it's 8 nothing in the fourth, so they'll probably <laughs> give, they'll probably give up today. But you're 4-0 in oh extra inning games, 6-1 right. and one in one-run games. And, and the one thing I really I really liked was the other day, he it was a four-run lead, uh, I think on Sunday, and he let Naris hit. And he, he didn't have to let Naris hit. He didn't have to bring him back out there for the ninth inning. But it was a cool moment for everyone in the dugout to start laughing at a pitcher hitting, which – I just you know it's it's just a classic it's an age old tradition where everyone laughs at the the pitcher who the tries relief to, pitcher gets yeah, it because yep. every pitcher in that in that dugout, they're all waiting too they're all dying to get up there and take hats yeah, and like every all, single one of them wants the opportunity to hit and they're all like all the, all those pitchers are like listen man if I got up there I'd hit at least three hundred in the league of course. so like give me a shot it's and team building it's 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 team building it it's culture building it's some, it's the same it thing is. they have with Doug and the Eagles uh, I've been more.
more impressed with the culture stuff. The X's and O's stuff has been fine. It's modern baseball. Yeah, I, I would have to I, – I came into the season being behind Kapler, not knowing what kind of a manager he's going to be, which we still don't know. I mean, we're still talking about a small sample size, but I would have to, I would have to believe that, that if – listen, he's had an excellent start. He's had an excellent, excellent start. The, the, the uh, opponents are going to get tougher as we uh, get deeper into the mm-hmm. season. We will talk then, but I don't think you're being fair if you don't, you don't give him credit for what he's done to start the season. It's been an excellent start. I agree with you. And, and, and the one thing you guys didn't mention, in addition to the culture, uh, not necessarily the shifts and the lineup stuff, but there have been X's and O impacts, like the aggressive base running this team has. I mean, Agreed. You know, we see that on a night-in, night-out basis. Yeah. Yeah. J.P. Crawford scored from first base on a single. Like yeah. That was crazy to watch happen. And, and they're aggressive on the base pass. And, and just the general approach we've talked about, instilling. I mean, how long have we been waiting in this city for a lineup that takes walks? Like, Ruben Amaro didn't even know the difference between a plate appearance and a, and a bat. I mean, he cares like, about hits, not... Not getting on base. Exactly. And Gabe Kapler is instilling something we've been dying for here, and it seems to be working. So I think those are some areas where Kapler is maybe not getting enough praise for it. Um, All right. Look ahead to this weekend. Obviously, I'm guessing we are not winning this Diamondbacks series. Although, Altair had a a hit in an RBI. Listen. Altair meter is just flying. It's Uh, about just going to break off the machine. It's going to go past Jason Worth. I told you I broke my hand the other day. Slamming (laughs) the back button so hard. It was unbelievable. All right. uh, Braves coming into town this weekend. Ronald Acuna finally comes up. Acuna, I don't know if you guys have seen it yet, but he mashed one. His first career homer into the second deck today. It was a beast shot. It's going to be fun to watch that guy. But, uh, you know, look, the Braves, we've had some issues down in Atlanta this season. They're coming here for the first time, John. Remember last year, the it, the Phillies without the playing the Braves would have been. Yeah, they I mean, were like nineteen and two against the Braves, or they, eight, seventeen and two, or something insane. They would have been without the without playing the Braves. They would have been the worst team in baseball. Yeah, they were like history, a forty-five or fifty-win right? team without yeah. the Braves. Yeah. So, so I, it, now You're it's, absolutely right. It's yes. evening out, and they've had their number this year. Listen, let's see if if um you know if I'm a Philly this year, I know that the Braves have kind of had had their number and. You get good starting pitching performances. I, I, you're going to get you're going to get Nola. You're going to get Nola. You're yep. not going to get Arietta. You won't get Arietta. Yeah, you're going to get Nola, Pavetta, and Velasquez. For the first two weekends. Yep. Yeah. Every game's the same. That's exactly. Yeah, you're that's right. Wild. You're right. Yeah, Aaron Nola. This will be Aaron Nola's third start against the Braves. It'll be Nick Pavetta's third start against. That's really. It's a good point, Jack. I didn't even notice that. Right on there. So hey, hey, hey get two or three. If you lose two or three against the Diamondbacks, get it back against the Braves, and and you're at home. They've played very well at home. So I'm looking forward to it. Yep. After the potential loss today, it's still only ten and three on the season at home. It's huge. That's huge to have home field advantage, Fritz. It feels like uh, the Phils and the Braves are kind of on a on a collision parallel course. kind of uh, uh, mean, rebuilds. Yeah, side I, by side. I hated the Braves. I mean, you guys obviously grew up with the '90s Braves. I didn't. Oh uh, yeah, because I'm young. We, we really know hating the Braves. I know about Larry Chipper Jones. Larry, yeah, before that, Jones. Jeff Blauser, Mark Lemke, Steve Avery. Oh my God! God, I hated all those guys. Yep, but it feels like I mean, with with they have Freddie Mark Wollers. Remember when Mark <laughs> Wollers was a closer? Anyway, they have Freddie Freeman, Ozzy Alves, Acuna is coming up now. Uh, they have some really interesting young talent. They have uh, was it Mark Soroka is the pitcher they have coming up yep. who has a point nine nine ERA and mm-hmm. he looked like he's taking the next level. And the Phillies obviously have their young core. They have higher end prospects yeah. than the Phillies. And they, they got do. I they mean do. Newcomb's been good. Fulty's been pretty good. I mean they yeah. got some arms too. So yeah, I mean it feels like this is uh, the start of a, another Braves Phillies little run here of, of rivalries. 
and it's gonna like the NL East. Yeah. Honestly, there's a there's a lot of fun talent besides the Mets. I mean, like the pitching staffs, whatever. But even the Nats, they have yeah. Soto the Mets are getting by with Todd Frazier and right. Adrian Gonzalez, and right. you know, it's yeah, like it's like a, ten yeah. years ago. That's Todd Frazier batting two fifteen. Yeah, by the way. it's a ticking time bomb with the yes, Mets. I agree, uh, especially because they have no money to spend somehow. It's like you're the New York baseball team, but oh, we lost all our money, so we're just gonna be cheap. Bernie Madoff. And it's by unbelievable. The way, it's the, an that I can't like at the fact that Major League Baseball allows the Wilpons to cheap out in the biggest market in America yeah. is. Such, I mean, I love it as a Phillies fan. It's outrageous. And is uh, the, the Matt Harvey implosion has just been. It's been great. It's He's been, not even a starter anymore. I know. He's in the bullpen. Uh, I can't. Like, what a fall from grace. It's awesome. He was unbelievable. He seems like when he such came. a jerk, that guy. Oh, he's, like, he's yeah. got some issues. One He's got some major issues. He, yeah. he can't handle the New York lifestyle. But yeah, no, it feels like the uh, the Braves and Phillies are in a collision course. And, uh, we need to, we need to, you know, we can't go, we can't get blown out down there in, in Atlanta and then not defend our home turf up there. Need two or three, yeah. Definitely. Need two or three, or I'm calling for the manager's job, Jack. Yeah, fire Kaplan. So he got fired months ago, I thought, right before After the season. The first even started. Well, well, I mean, he's clearly responded to the booze. He got booed on opening day, and now he's changed his whole approach. Yeah, so so, so keep booing him, guys. That worked. <laughs> yeah. Did you did you see the quote that he gave to Jason Stark? Uh, of the athletic about getting booed. Yeah, I thought that was a great quote. Yeah. Like if they, like basically saying like, yeah, they could boo if they, if they're booing. That means I'm doing something wrong. Essentially, was our quote, right? Like he, he's like he wanted he he appreciates the feedback. Yeah, he, he appreciates the feedback. If if they're <laughs> who a, says that? And I'm looking I'm looking for the exact. Uh, hey guys, quote. thanks for booing me. I really he, I appreciate he, you letting me Ready? know this. Fans don't boo for no reason. Well, sometimes we do here in front of you. <laughs> Let me start again. Fans don't boo for no reason. They're attempting to communicate with me. It's my job to never reject any source of information that can lead me, that can lead to my getting better, no matter who is giving me that information. How can you hate on that mentality? Like, wherever you are, whoever you are, whatever, like, that is, like, everyone should live life that way. I mean, that is that is a really positive outlook on things and like trying to get things. better. Yeah, of good course. way to look at things. It's also a way to diffuse a fan base that already hates you. <laughs> yeah, it's true, too. Yeah. All right, Fred, Not on this podcast. No. no we are pro-Kapler. Pro-Kapler. <laughs> Fritz, <laughs> final thoughts? Uh, reviews. Listen, man, I love the reviews. Oh, we need more You're reviews. Obsessed with reviews. This lots of reviews. Yeah. Because let's face it, we we and there's a lot of good Phillies podcasts out there. We're the best, so you should give us the best ratings. I actually tweeted the uh, one review that we saw. I tweeted him and thanked him for it. And uh, and he he's a he's a as I try to pull up a Jersey Josh. I think. His yes, name is. that was way too nice, Mr. Jersey. Way Josh. too nice. No, I almost felt like yeah, we're not that good. I was bro. like, oh my god, thank you. <laughs> but thank you. Keep them coming and. We're gonna keep. We're doing at least two a week as we get going yep. here. We're gonna. We're and gonna add some stuff. Any emergency pods when the Phillies trade for Cole Hamels, yep. we'll be there. John will be on a tin can somehow. We'll make it work. I will be. I will. We've be already shown. We'll can. do it. John. John called from a tin can on the road, cursing at drivers. We still make it work. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I. I got up and I did it. He's doing this on the Kirk. There's Kirk Gibson. Yes. Podcast today. I, I. Yeah. So my back is. Uh, I don't know how I'm gonna work. Yes. And sit down. But, but you uh, made it for this. And that's the point. We love you guys. We love the Phillies. And we just all want to share in it. Jack Fritz texts me every day, literally once a day, saying, I love High Hope so much. Like, I guess. I think like, about High Hope's 95%. It's of the like, day. it's his baby, is what he says. So. I know. I, that, way, that means I don't have to think about it all <laughs> the time. It's a terrific thing. And, and it's, it's in a, good hands. It's a beautiful thing. So, uh, again, thank you for listening. We will be back on Monday uh, with some new content for you. And uh, go, Phillies. See you later. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. 
Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.